the RKV Podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers back with you once again, not doing a two-by-two retro review. Yes. Taking taking a little break. We still got one headed your way very soon. But uh, we we got some new-ish, newer stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're going to do that. Uh, We might, might even resurrect... Three songs or less if Ooh, you're down. I yeah, got, I could I do got some stuff uh, I could play for you. Uh, I guess before we get into anything, I get, let's get the sad stuff out of the way up front, maybe. Mm-hmm. I There's been, of course, a lot of deaths in the world uh, over the last several months, but and some in the entertainment community, but these two in particular recently hit me pretty hard, so I feel like we need to talk about them a little bit. Lynn Shelton just passed away. Uh, I feel, I was like just talking about how great Sword of Trust was that I had caught up with. Uh, totally devastating, completely out of nowhere. Rare blood disorder. Uh, super sad. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Reading Marin's like post about it was incredibly upsetting. I like, heart goes out to him, all of her friends and family. Like, holy shit really really rough so if if you're not familiar with her at all again i my in tribute to her i would say go check out hump day and sword of trust uh and your sister sister those three in particular i totally vouch for i think are phenomenal she was a great unique original voice and good, like tons of great television too she directed episodes of Mad Men. she directs episodes of love the netflix show one of my favorites just uh great director and seemed like a really good just human being in in general so that one was quite a bummer and yeah. totally shocking uh a little less shocking but still very upsetting mr fred willard just passed i know too, man. man and <sighs> just one one of the greats a guy that always makes you smile whenever he pops up literally in anything but i am i'm going to be going back through the christopher guest oeuvre probably after this i think best in show still stands out as the highlight for him as one of the the dual announcers at the show it's just iconic stuff in that and then outside of the guest verse uh i go anchorman obviously uh but yeah one of those guys who i feel like has just always been there too Mm -hmm. like since i've been watching movies i've seen fred willard and stuff and yeah it's a bummer and what we just saw him in uh I think you should leave. He has like a little yeah. brief cameo in that. Forgot I mean, he that. was working right up until the end, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. So just feeling a little bummed about yeah, those. Definitely. That's that happened just in the last like 48 hours or so of when we're recording this. So, and you and I hadn't really talked about it at all, but no, I didn't. I, it's one of those, you know, I had, I not seen like last episode we were talking about little Richard and that's just because I saw a blip because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really like to, I mean, would you consider that the three this time? Or is I mean, you think I, there's I one? would for sure. Yeah. Or yeah, I, we always say it happens in three. But of course does. you can always cluster it however you want to make yeah. three happen. But uh but yeah, there that that seems to be how it goes. There's always like an iconic one and then there's like buried in there, there's one that like actually like hits me, hits me. And I know you're not as familiar with Lynn Shelton's work as a director, but I know you're a huge fan of Marin, so I would say yeah. like seek out Sword of Trust, uh it was on Showtime. It's probably rotating through right now. We can rent it. I'll probably watch it again soon. But yeah, that was that would have been on my top ten list last year. Probably it might have snuck into the ten slot. I really, really love that movie. 
Yeah, because uh, yeah. I, I just listened to him talking to Kate Blanchett, and they he mentioned you know. Yeah, her. I, I didn't know if he. But it was a couple months. It was like a couple weeks saying. ago. And yeah. he, I don't know if he's recording new stuff or. If I don't he, know. I, I was kind of looking to see if he had addressed it yet, other than the public post he made about it. But yeah. Anyways, okay. Uh, we we have kind of a a mainline review. I know we want to do, mm-hmm. but before we before we get to that, anything you want to chat about in maybe the TV realm? Still, still working on. CSI Miami. Yeah, so check in with Horatio Cade. Yeah, so um, the Russians, the Russians went after the team. Okay. And at the end of season six, or what was it? May have been season seven. Can't remember. Um, you know, they got a, Horatio has had enough of these people, and uh, you know, Ivan the big bad guy gets broken out of prison, and and as they're going to the warehouse to like stop him, who's driving like a bat out of hell? Eric Delco. Like, oh my God, what's he doing here? He's getting his dad out. Because his dad's been involved with the Russians. And uh, it ends. And, you know, you don't know what's going on with Eric. He's, like, out in the glades. And it starts the next season with one of my favorite episodes, which is the flashback episode where it goes back to before the CSI team was a thing in, like, the late 90s. They introduce Eddie Sibrian's character. It's like, oh, I'm leaving, going to L.A., which the next episode is like, oh, I'm back. Look at me. And I think he's here for, like, a... A season, and I want to say this is the season where like Adam Rodriguez went and did Magic Mike, so that might be why he's not on every episode. But uh, but yeah, other than that, Horatio and the team are doing great. Okay, I, I'd like to announce uh, an open call right now. You can email thearchive at gmail dot com. Uh, we have an open co host slot for Horatio Caning, <laughs> the, uh, the CSI Miami Watch Along podcast. Co-hosted by Gavin Blanchard. Oh yeah, yeah. Every intro, I'm not, I'm not doing it, but yeah, will be great. Yeah, there's somebody out there that wants to do that with you. I just can you tell me what the David Crusoe you thing you was? Could, you think you could get Dad on on a CSI Miami cast? I could or get him on CIS. A, I could get him on like a re, we could like gently recap a season. I don't think he would <laughs> sit down with me for episode by episode. If we did yeah, like no, a, I don't, yeah, maybe you don't do that. Yeah, but okay. So, what what were you gonna ask me about? No, Caruso, I was like, means, what what was his thing? What was the thing with him? I because the thing was he burst on the scene with what? Well, I mean, really, he had been in movies. Mm-hmm. There, it, people in the know were like, "There's something about this guy." Yes, exactly. But NYPD Blue, okay, famously. I can't remember what. And then he gets so. Big for his britches in the first season that he's like, fuck this show. I'm bigger than the show. I'm going to go be a movie star. And it never happened for him. So CSI Miami is like the make good on like, I, I should have stuck with NYPD Blue. Like, mm-hmm. basically, from how I understand it. But yeah, I mean, he's just he's just Caruso, man. I don't know. My favorite early Caruso is King of New York. That's what, And that's, yeah. what, that's the only one I can think of. There's another one. Is there another one with Nick Cage? Yeah, Kiss of Death. Kiss of Death. That's Nick what Cage, it is. Nick Cage, Caruso, and Sam Jackson. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I never, I've never seen it. So I saw that one way too early. Yeah, I haven't rewatched it. Maybe I, that's a retro it review. May, it might be because I remember King of New York, and I remember the like the shock he, value. He, well, you look at that movie where you have so many people who are like they're all like fighting for like no. Okay, I get that this is Christopher Walken's movie, but like while I'm on screen, 
I'm taking over. I'm eating everything. And so it's, you got Fishburne. Well, that's you what got, I'm saying. You have Fishburne who basically is stealing the entire movie out from under everybody. But then Caruso's like sees what he's doing. And, is and like, Wesley Snipes, right? Snipes is in there. And yeah. who else? There's a handful of others that are really good. Oh, we can do King of New York at some point. Dude, we should. We watched it recently. And I'll, we, can tra- we can use that to transition into, did you watch In Search of the Last Action Heroes? No, but I'm going oh to. Oh my God, dude. It's, it's two hours right. of pure Prime, joy. Prime it's free, right dude. Two hours of pure is fucking that, joy. Who put that one together? Is that that's no not idea. like the electric boogaloo guys, is it? It may be, but it is a really good like that. They, I just I could tell from the cover art that I was like, this is I'm gonna enjoy this. So save that one. We'll talk. about They don't it have the big ones, up. but the talking heads they get <clears throat> from the day uh-huh. are really neat. Ali Young, Eric Roberts, best of the best. The other, I can't remember the guy's name. He, but so there's no, there's no Kurt Russell in here. No, okay. But they do, they do the evolution. They go from the '60s, '70s, the blow up into the '80s. They briefly touch on how like Keanu's killing it now, and they don't have any of the big three. They don't. No, still, they got little interview stuff, dude. That's little all clippets I want and like snippets. Little, yeah, like there's okay, a, don't 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 tell uh, me anymore. I'm gonna watch it. I want to watch. I just it. want to tell you one thing. Oh, I gleaned Jesus from God. it that you're not gonna care about. Okay. The guy, I cannot remember his name, the guy from Best of the Best that was in it with Eric Roberts, he was on the Olympic team, so he wanted to make a movie about it. By the time they get to, like, the third or fourth one, he becomes the only Asian American to write, star, and direct in a, like, big blockbuster movie. And I saw that was kind of neat that he became the first. He's the only, he's like, and I'm the only one. It's kind of sad. And I'm like, yeah, it is really fucking sad. But I just thought that was like a neat little piece of trivia. It'll be two hours. Of course, they do discuss the whole meta-ness of uh, Last Action Hero, where the documentary gets its name. You will enjoy it. I I know I told you to just bite the bullet in penance for telling me to watch, you know, Long Good Friday, but you should just watch this. And I'll be honest with you, man. I wanted to come in here and be like, dude, I watched Extraction. I watched Sleepers. (laughs) I watched Den of Thieves, but I didn't get to any Any of them. Yeah, I figured. But I, I... fully plan on it okay i was pl- i was like i'm just gonna have a gavin evening one of these we should it's do- gonna be trying to get <laughs> inside the try- incepting Gavin. that's what it's gonna be yeah. it's me trying to understand you better but don't tell me when it's coming i don't no, want to know i'm not going to but Good. that's what i'm saying is like i wanted to come in here and do that but i i can't do it yet. that's fine so we got some other stuff we can talk about I yeah suppose. okay so that the last of the in search i think it's called in search of the last action heroes okay which is on amazon prime right, right yeah now. yes okay so if you're in if you're a fan of that, and if you've never seen Electric Boogaloo or Not Quite Hollywood, the one about Ozploitation. Yes. And then uh, Electric Boogaloo is canon, right? Right. That's the canon story. Yeah. All of those are just... Yeah. That canon drugs. one is ridiculous, dude. I kind of want to go back and watch all three of those now. I probably will after I get to this one. Because they get into... they A lot of the guys they're talking to are like french and like european directors who did can they got verhoeven on there for a ton of shit i love it did we talk about have a nice trip last episode don't think so it's the new netflix one it's a bunch of celebrity talking heads about lsd and mushrooms Mm -mm. and it's ostensibly hosted by nick offerman oh okay yeah maybe i talked about this with me maybe Maybe. i don't because i don't remember uh but yeah I'm going to be honest, dude. I haven't been on Netflix. You got Sting in there, uh, Sarah Silverman, one of the drummers from The Grateful Dead, Ben Stiller, Will Forte. There's just a crazy array of people. But it's fun. They animate their trips and stuff. I wish it was a series. It's like an hour and 25 minutes. Hmm. Could have been way longer and way cooler. But, you know, it was what it was. 
that's new on Netflix. New, I don't know if this is like just a benefit. It sounds weird to say of the lockdown and everything that like some stuff got pushed up, but all of a sudden Magic for Humans season three is out. Do you watch Magic for Humans? What's that? You'd love it, dude. Uh, Justin Willeman, he's just a funny dude in general, but he, it's the, it's the coolest magic show ever because he's like genuinely funny and like charismatic. But it's it's a magic show. It's him doing like street magic in L.A. and like crazier and crazier stunts. And the whole, the gag essentially is like there's no camera tricks, there's no bullshit. It's just like I'm just doing this shit, like unbroken takes and stuff like that. And you're a lot of it where you're sitting there just as baffled as the people he's doing it to. Where you're okay. Like, what is, but no, you know what? I think super, I may have seen a couple episodes. Super like fun the first show. Season. You probably at least scrolled across it, but yeah, it immediately became one of my favorite, like original sub things they've done. Uh, but season two came out, like I think earlier this year, I want to say like Sounds January, right. February, we got six episodes and then boom, all of a sudden this popped up. So I'm, I'm savoring them cause there's only seven new ones, but it, that's a great show if you've never checked it out. I think I've seen it. Maybe we, we, we can get some more like pushing up any black mirror episodes they had laying around. <laughs> yeah. We'll it probably didn't. But still. Uh, I'm still trying to, I'm making my way through unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt mainly mm-hmm. so I can get to the interactive uh, thing that they just released basically bandersnatch with kimmy schmidt <laughs> uh so that'll be cool what else tv wise last dance ends tonight yeah i need to get caught up go on that. watch that as soon as you leave i gotta uh, redownload the espn app i know this much is true still haven't watched episode one yet nope all right so i guess i'm gonna be solo on that one i thought about doing a solo cast but it was like a solo cast of that show would be like the most depressing. <laughs> it's just like an hour of you crying oh at the God, episode. Dude, seriously. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's it on the TV front. Do you any anything else you want to chat about before we get to the? I guess the main event. I guess this is gonna be. Yeah, we're gonna definitely have to add in some music because I don't have a lot to say about this main event. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, I mean, I got a lot to say, but like, I don't think it's enough to like carry the whole episode because. I saw your rating. I saw mine. Mine's solely based on a on something probably different than yours. Well, we can definitely so, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're gonna talk about uh, Capone. Maybe you maybe you took the plunge and spent the ten dollars to rent it on VOD this weekend. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you got scared off by some of the reviews. Here is the trailer. We'll talk about it on the other side. How about it for our good friend Al, ladies and gentlemen? Do you know what the difference is between Adolf Hitler and Al Capone? Hitler's dead. Capone lives like a king in Florida. He has full-blown dementia. I have reason to believe it could all be an elaborate act. What's this about? We have information that your client may have tucked away a very large sum of money. You can drop the act now. That goons walking around. Guys like you own this place, ten million dollars. Maybe I can get him to talk. It's gonna go on rampage. We made a promise. Someday we was gonna make it big. Do 
The only thing that really matters is how man treats his family. Okay, Capone completed in, I believe, 2018, now being released, 2020, from writer-director Josh Trank. That was not, that, that trailer is not the movie that I watched. Did you did you watch the trailer before? No, I didn't. Okay. Hearing that, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what they were trying to pull with that <clears throat> shit. Like, I get it. I get it now. Okay, lay it on me, by all means. That trailer makes it seem like it's this whole thing with, you know, oh, he's got one last thing in him, and like he's got this millions down in, in Tampa, Florida, or Florida, wherever he's living, and... You know, maybe he's got one last hoorah in him and he's going to go, but, you know, he may be crazy now and he's going to go, he might start on a rampage. You never know with old Al, you know, you don't know what's going on. And that's not the movie we, uh, we got. I'm not mad at the movie we got. I appreciate it. And I, it's very interesting, but at the same time, I don't think this is the most interesting portion of Capone's life. And I don't know why you, I mean, I get why you want to do it. It's never been done before. What's what's wrong with trying to do? Like you think you got Tom Hardy, put him in the in the heyday of Capone's whole deal. Well, notably prior to this, he was supposed to play a young Capone mm-hmm. in a movie called Cicero. Yeah, for David Yates, who did a bunch of the Harry Potters, never got off the ground. Mm-hmm. So he took this one, and I'm kind of the same mind as you. That's why I'm struggling with the the nine out of ten, which puts it as like your second favorite movie of the year is that correct one i haven't seen very many new movies this year due to COVID 19 okay two i i really enjoy tom hardy as him i don't know where i, I don't have enough of a i have de niro in the untouchables and mm-hmm. i have no one else to judge it against and because it's not you didn't pro- watch boardwalk empire no okay maybe and maybe there's something who who plays him in that stephen graham who played george in uh public enemies and also played Tony. Uh, okay, that makes I could. Well, he. Uh, why is the name escaping me? Irishman. He was the one who was going at it with Pacino the whole time. Don't. Oh my God, help me out here. He plays. He plays Nelson in in George Babyface Nelson in Public, Public Enemies. Enemies. He plays Capone in, in Boardwalk Empire. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I know the face. Tony Pro Provenza. Ranzano, right. excuse me. Yeah, the other, yeah. Tony the, Pro. The other dude. the Irishman. Gotcha. Which, that's the other thing with this movie. In a post-Irishman world, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Like, the the grand aging, like, coming to terms with your... That's the other thing, is... I, I like the structure. Mm-hmm. I like the lockdown in his estate. Like, when I was sold on this, I was like, great, super interesting. I've always wanted the... And you said it's never been done before. I think... Movies about the subject matter have been done, but nobody specifically done this period of. That's Capone's what I mean. Yeah, yeah that's life. what I mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That I haven't seen a depiction of Capone yeah. like this, and I've always enjoyed because I don't feel like we get enough of them. But the like a movie that essentially exists in the denouement of any other crime movie, where it's like, okay, the one last job happened. What's next? Or exactly. you got caught, you went down. What are the next several years of your life like? Exactly. You know. And how do you make that compelling also? Because if it's just some old dude shitting himself. Yes, multiple times. Like multiple times on film. And kind of like vaguely reckoning with his past. But like there's so, there's A, very little dialogue 
in the movie overall. Yes. In terms of driving home any sort of really character nuance or like depth beyond what, like, what are we getting out of this? Right. What is the, what's at the core of what you're trying to explore here other than like some interesting flights of fancy? It's incredibly violent in places. Um, I thought the filmmaking was pretty solid. Yeah. From a visual standpoint. Definitely. But I felt like some of the editing choices and storytelling choices were kind of all over the place. Right. But, uh, okay, so he's on spoilers for Capone Please. if you haven't watched it. We're pretty much going to spoil the whole thing. He's on lockdown in Florida. We open with him at Thanksgiving. Right. Families all around him. And he seems about like. You know, the only other thing I really have to compare to, like you said, the De Niro Untouchables performance. And I'm like, okay, it's kind of in that mode. It's aged up a little bit, but he's still got the charisma factor going a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, and I love the, the opening of like, not quite, there's a bit of menace to it. Oh, other thing. Score by LP mm-hmm. from Run the Jewels. Yeah. But it's this real. I mean, I dug it. I don't think it's like... A standout necessarily but i when i saw like original score composed by lp i was like okay and it's a lot of very dark ominous more like ambient yeah tones and stuff which i dug in general um but yeah just not another one of those elements where i was like okay lp's doing the soundtrack yeah. all right Okay, definitely a check. Not what I was expecting yeah, yeah. A definitely a check in the surprise and okay this has got this going for it column yeah. uh so, right off the bat, what I mean, what do you what do you make of Hardy in this movie in general? And I guess as a broader question, how do you feel about him at this point? Like, I think we unequivocally we think he's a great actor. We enjoy him in a lot of stuff, but like, I don't know. I don't know if I feel as strongly about him as I did maybe like five six years ago, or maybe. As he was more ramping up and becoming like a name name. I don't know. Maybe some of it's just the project choices recently. I don't know. And I I get why he would want to take this on. It seems like a, a, you know, an actor's wet dream to a certain extent. I don't know that he's strictly like a method guy or whatever, but he likes to throw himself into like the physicality of a role and and, stuff. And that's so... I think he's 100% dialed in and committed. I just don't feel like the movie around him or the script gives him much to play beyond the physical tics and stuff and the the gruff voice, the mumbling, you know, the flatulence. Yeah. <laughs> and like my thing is I don't know I don't know because nobody really knows. I don't know what documentation and what anyone has on this part of his life. If there's some kind of declassified... I mean, this movie feels like a complete flight of fancy. And I don't think it right. purports to be anything else. Because Even though it is presented as very stately and kind of a normal setup biopic in terms of like just what we see on screen. Where it's like, this is the history. This is where he's at in this point in his life. And it tells you at the very beginning, like, this is the last year of his life. Boom. Movie starts. Right. And then we end with like some details as well, which would lead you to believe, oh, this is like a well-researched version of like what he was going through in those last. Exactly. And, and if I don't but, have a, if I don't have a, a declassified FBI, because you know everything they're listening to, everything that they're doing, 
the meeting with McLaughlin, the the doctor, like it's all got to be. If that's not all like detailed somewhere in a declassified FBI, you know, memo, then I don't really know. I, and I'm not looking to say, oh, this is it. I know it. They did all this research. But if there is, n- I think if you ask everybody, oh, do you know Al Capone? You know, everybody. I mean, honestly, I'm gonna tell you this. This probably sound makes me sound a little stupid. I thought Capone died in prison of syphilis. Everyone, mm-hmm. all, th- there's that narrative. I feel like that. Oh, he got syphilis in prison. He went to prison for tax evasion. He got syphilis. No one says, but he got out because like they deemed him not a threat, and he died in Florida. You know, at his mansion he had down there. No one says that. They're just like, oh, he went to prison for tax evasion. He got syphilis and he died, leading you to assume that he died in Alcatraz. I'm assuming is where and he was. And then they float something in here, which I felt like is probably somewhere in rumor or buried research, which is like. He was possibly suffering from syphilis since the age of like fifteen or yeah, something. The, yeah, the yeah, the FBI guys like, hey, is it true that you probably contracted this when you were like fifteen? And he was like, eh. like, and that's okay. okay. I mean, let's let's talk about the sporting castle a little bit because you mentioned McLaughlin, completely underused in this yes. movie, as far as I'm concerned, and almost felt like a drop. That like we get a little bit of a setup of he's in contact with the FBI who's investigating. And clearly is leaning on him to get information, but nothing ever really comes of it. We don't know like what he had at stake or whatever. And maybe that, I I don't know. Matt Dillon, criminally underused. Yes. Also, while we're at it and we're spoiling shit, totally breaks the logic of the movie. Eh. The introduction makes no sense. It doesn't. The introduction makes literally no sense. Unless... If we're going off, okay, spoilers. If we're going off the basis that this is a complete figment, which we know it is, if that's how, because of what we're led to believe actually happened to him with the flashback that he Mm -hmm. watches, could we not say that how we're introduced to him is partly the reason of why he met his demise? Slept with somebody he shouldn't be, was somewhere when he wasn't supposed to be, or whatever, whatever. You could, I mean, I'm just that's where that's where my mind went. In my mind, it was once I realized once she came in, in in my okay. To be clear, excuse me, because again, I'm assuming a lot of people probably haven't watched this. You're introduced to Matt Dillon's character mid coitus as uh, Capone is calling him on the phone, right? Someone no, is. No, no, no. What, what we assume, excuse me, we're not assuming Capone, we're assuming Capone's wife, played by the criminally underused Linda Cardellini, Linda, yeah. who is great in the very few scenes that they give her yes. to do, and should have been a bigger part of this, and that's, that is really the movie I wanted this to be. Right. Is the two of them, and how do you navigate life after that, essentially, between these two people? I thought that would have been fascinating, because you want to talk about something that the Irishman does not really touch on at right. all is the home life and the relationship with the women in his life and like it's there but the way that it is treated in the movie is indicative of like its right. level of importance and like you get everything you need out of it but it's not deeply explored at all right so yeah you could totally have that movie here and she's of course up to the task i fucking love linda cardellini yeah. and again i thought for the brief moment she had and like when they get you know, kind of have a physical altercation and she very like early stands up and is basically like, I'm not going to like, I'm not scared of him. I'm not going to let him like push me around. We'll be fine here. Mm -hmm. Like nobody needs to stay around and like protect me, even though his mental health is clearly deteriorating like from scene to scene. So 
sorry, I got sidetracked with Cardellini. We were kind of going through the supporting cast. Yeah. Dylan, excuse Dylan, me. Okay, yeah. so we're introduced to Matt Dillon mid-coitus, gets a phone call from what we presume is probably Linda Cardellini's character, the wife, saying like, hey, he's he's having a rough patch. Can you come down here and see him? Mm-hmm. Because is this is after McLaughlin's already told her, like, we need to surround him with, like, things he knows, and it may be beneficial for him to, like, you know, spend time with someone that he knows really well. Right. So we have Dylan come in, they're reminiscing, and this is what everybody has pieced together, is, based, is Johnny Torrio, the guy who brought him in, his mentor. Right. Yes. So if you're on board with that already, you're like, okay, there's no, like the age difference doesn't make any sense right here. Right. Why is Dylan not like an old, decrepit person? Mm-hmm. And, but the movie very quickly reveals to you that he's a figment, essentially, of Capone's imagination. And again, they introduced that, and I was like, well, is the only reason you introduced him the way that you did to give me that reaction, to give me that, like, ooh, hey, he's, he's losing not actually it. there. Like, it felt a little cheap, a little underhanded, I guess. Whereas, but I guess maybe it's it tips you off too much if he just shows up at the estate and is already there, but you could have played it out and teased it out longer. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and then Dylan disappears from the movie for a huge chunk. And I was immediately, I was like, are we ever going to get, like, are we ever going to get back to him? What's going on there? And then when we do, the payoff was not, like, a surprise to me at all. Which is, he has visions of a very violent murder that apparently occurred at his behest that he was present for. Mm -hmm. Even though he didn't, and it's just, like, one of, I mean, I've definitely seen worse in other movies, but this was a little over the top. Like, I don't know if I needed yeah the i oh, it was a lot of stabbing a lot of neck stabs uh but it's a it's a figure who's wrapped in duct tape who i was like but he's wearing the same clothes as matt Dillon. this is matt Dillon. Yeah. like i was i was so then when they reveal it to you like 20 minutes later i was like okay i i got it again some just some odd choices from a from an editing standpoint to me and i get that some of it is it wants you to get in get lost in his headspace and be confused and like what is the dream reality what's actually happening and i know he wants to have this kind of building crescendo of when we get to the kind of final 20 minute stretch where we do go into this extended you know fever dream state right where apparently all that actually happens is he shoots his gardener with a tommy gun i i do one thing i do want to give the movie credit for and this is why i'm at like an above average rating for it in a six out of ten is I do like the paranoid feel of yes. everything. And we get these clandestine shots of like, Across he's being the lake. watched. Yeah. He's being monitored. He's becoming aware of it. Okay, is he really seeing this? Is he not? I think all of that, that is plays really very, well. In- very well done. There's the moment where he, there's a guy in the house who you presume is like planting a bug or something. And with he finds FBI. him all the power. They knock out the power and he finds him with the Zippo. But then he just keeps operating. Like there was some like genuine, some like, dark comedy. Very like very mm-hmm. little of it, and that's another criticism for me, which is like I I appreciated how kind of crazy and outlandish it was in some aspects, but I was like almost abandoned, like abandon all of the pretenses of like this needs to be a normal or stately like mob epic or anything like that Mm -hmm. and just really go full bore and go crazy with it and i feel like he starts to glimpse a little bit of that in the kind of 15 minute extended dream sequence but by that point 
I was kind of checked out completely because I was like, well, clearly none of this is actually happening. But he kind of, it's kind of like the movie just wants to have a violent catharsis of some kind or some kind of set piece, so we're going to have it. But I don't know what we learn from that at all. Yeah. So he he pulls out his Tommy gun. He basically starts killing everybody on his property. Um, goes out presumably to start digging up this money that's been in question the whole time. He's doing all of this meanwhile in a in a diaper, a shit ridden diaper and tank top with an open robe. I mean, he looks ridiculous and insane. It's it's definitely a visual. It's like I mean, it's it's saying something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, he goes down, he's, he's planning to dig, dig where it's wet, which he hears earlier in the movie or whatever. And all of a sudden giant tidal wave comes down, washes him out. The gator shows up. He killed a gator earlier. I didn't like that. No. I didn't take too kindly to that. Uh, did he though? Who was he even <laughs> on that fucking boat? Yeah. Who was driving that car? Yeah. Again, another like, you know, it'd be really funny to get Tom dressed up as an old lady. Was well, that's fun, right? nothing again nothing other than the visual sight gag of like this is Al Capone dressed like lady what are we trying doing to here? shake the FBI yeah. what are we doing here um, but yeah were they even on that boat did he kill that gator probably, I don't know probably man. not man do I care not really at mm-hmm. all uh, again no my only real emotional investment was in the Linda Cardellini character his wife and again she like I thought we were going to have more of an interaction between them early on. And then that kind of just fades to the background in favor of like more violence, more crazy dream sequences. And yeah. So the paranoia factor worked for me. Again, I didn't think Tom Hardy was bad. I was just like, it's nowhere. I wouldn't even put it in like his top 10 performances. And see, that's the thing is like, I don't, my two favorite, if I'm going to be honest, man, I really love, Eames, of course, and I love this. People don't agree with me. This is war with him and um, this means war. This means war. Never saw why because it's him as him. He's not Bronson, he's not Bane, he's not Eddie Brock, he's not a character. It's just, it's like it's just him. Well, the other one that approaches that to me, and it is a character, but is um, Handsome Bob in Rock and Roll, that too, with him and Jerry Butler. That's Nick What I haven't seen Rock and Roll, you never. All right. I have it in. I had it right. like a three pack, and I never. I'm sure it's great. It's the best guy, Rich. It is. Yeah. You're telling me. Season. Okay. All right. Well, I'll yeah, see if I can find that three pack. It's the best one. I know we love Snatch and we love Lock Stock, but yeah, man. I love Spirited Away. I didn't realize you hadn't seen. And Robin Hood. I didn't realize you hadn't seen or that series. King Arthur. Yeah. Were no, I hadn't. I'm Spirited Away. Swept away. Swept away. I don't know why I Spirited <laughs> Fuck, Away. I swept away. Like, Sorry. Yeah. No, and see, that's the thing. It's. When he's supposed to be, and I, I get it because I mean I love taboo. I wish that I mean if it's if you're, te- I know if but if you're telling me this impacted taboo and I have to wait longer, <laughs> I'm upset. Was it okay? Yeah, that's how you judge everything. Yeah. Is was it worth delaying taboo? For yeah, another season? because I know he lost yeah. money on the first season, but it was probably one of my like. To me, that seemed completely original. Seemed like something he wanted to do. He got money from people to do it, and he did it, and it was badass, and left it open for a season two. Great. Mm-hmm. Works for me. I can't complain at all. But this, it. I mean, I get wanting to, as an actor, Not, a, I'm not an actor, but as, as actors would say, I would imagine if someone says, hey, do you want to do a Capone movie? But like, you want to do a Capone movie? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, but 
it's the last year of his life when he's dying, aging and dying of syphilis in Florida. I'm pretty sure most people who are into be like want to do that are like, I don't know. And I feel like he's probably like, fuck, I'll do it. Yeah, why not? I get yeah, a chance you know, to play I a Capone. I 100% see all the elements there. And again, there's ideas here that I like. I just, at the end of the day, I don't think it was explored with any particular depth or meaning to it. Not that I need that, but it is at a certain extent. I'm like, dude, we've there's been plenty of Capone movies already. Right. And there has been plenty in the broader genre of the gangster genre. There's a lot. So if you're going to dip your toe into it, what do you have to say that's new? And again, the approach is new and fresh to a certain mm-hmm. extent. But the execution is just not completely there for me personally so and again i like pretty much all the supporting players at play and i feel like they kind of make it the tom hardy show and that would be more interesting if he was even a little bit more there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. he's so deteriorated at this point that like yes it's a it's like okay he nailed that vibe and that feeling to the performance but what else is there to latch on to here and i just yeah i felt like i was grasping at straws I, I'm at like a 6 out of 10. Now, explain to me your 9 out of 10, though. That's what I don't understand. I mean, the 9 solely comes from Hardy B. Because, again, I don't have anything to judge it against. I have no I have no frame of reference. And to me, his look and demeanor and the way he carried himself, the physicality of it, the playing on it, all that, that is what what I stuck around for. And didn't decide this isn't really worth my time. Filmically, like you said, Mizon Sin, the way it's shot, the way it looks, is good. And like you said, there are trappings of a good movie in here that people would, you know, that would be, like, would so take it over the top. So with all that taken into account, it's just shy of a masterpiece? 10 isn't a masterpiece, dude. Like, why, why does a 10 out of 10 exist then? Well, I mean, why does the top of the scale exist if you're not going to use it? It's all relative. I mean, everything, listen, everything is relative to like someone's viewing experience. If I put it on a five star scale, Mm -hmm. you're giving this a four, four and a half? I mean, give like three and a half. Okay. That's more of an equivalent than like a nine. What a nine? It's more like a 7.5 or an eight. Okay. I just, not that we have, you know. I mean, your rating's your rating. I'm just, when you hit me with the nine, I was like, all right. And it sounds like you felt pretty mixed about it as we were no, talking. The movie about it. as a whole, yes. If we're talking performance, I'm I can't I can't knock his performance. I'm nothing to judge it against, and I really I, I enjoyed it. I have plenty to judge it against. I have every other Tom Hardy performance to judge. No, it no, against. no. I'm talking no. I'm not talking about him, and like I don't judge his performance against that. When when you so you're not this performance. Who's a better Capone? De Niro in The Untouchables or this guy from Boardwalk Empire? Who would you say? The simple fact that you get to spend more time with Stephen Graham as him and see the evolution of the character, he's also, that's him on the come up. You don't see, you know, Untouchables, he's already established. He's the fucking king of Chicago. Like, right. So it it's really, which do you prefer? Do you like the fully formed version, which at the end of the day, as great as De Niro is in it, You've seen De Niro play shades of that in plenty of other movies. Right. And there's nothing particularly unique about the performance beyond the, the look, the physicality, put on weight for it, the makeup and all of that. But he's not doing crazy accent work. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, altering his vibe or his, you know, when he gets intense, he sounds like De Niro when he gets intense. Now, yeah. 
you still buy him as the character 100%. I yeah, maybe I lean more towards Stephen Graham, but again, I feel like it's weird to argue like here's a show where you got to spend three and yeah, three-ish seasons with him. Like in and he's a, and he's a major player in this show. He's he not just start, like a he starts his background, but it's like as I mean, Nucky, Nucky is the lead character, yeah. but you in the same way that like The Wire, you have a giant mosaic by the end of it. But yeah, no, I would say I mean, yeah, yeah. he's a major factor for at least three seasons of that show. Yeah, and 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 that's why you you can have your opinion about this performance with Tom Hardy versus himself and other people. I only know De Niro's. I have never watched Bulwark Empire. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, will, I will say now, if I had, I would probably not be as high on this as it is because you're telling me this guy's pretty great to watch the come up of, just the way that it's handled versus what De Niro is. So that's why, you know, we could put an asterisk by it, but it's it's one of those we where... We have to put an asterisk by it. I'm just curious. I'm trying to get inside your head, man. That's why I'm going to watch Sleepless and yeah. Extraction. Just And also think of it this way. And this sound again, I'll defend it to the day I die. I didn't make Capone. I've never been given the chance to make Capone. So given <laughs> given just the idea that I don't really think it's a fair for someone to like knock on I mean, and if, shit on someone. If you, if you don't like me making you apply ratings to stuff, we don't have to do that. No, I, totally I do. Understand. I don't mind rating well, okay. rating stuff. If I had to rate, I'd rate it a nine. You should see it. What else are you gonna see? You gonna go to the movie theater? No. I would rewatch The Untouchables before yeah. this. I would rewatch three seasons of Boardwalk Empire. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of other ways you could spend your time, and I definitely could not, in good conscience, recommend that anybody spend ten dollars to rent this thing. Well, that's why we're here, Noah. We're doing the hard hitting work for others. Yeah. Okay. So I agree. You despite don't, <laughs> despite Gavin's you should, nine out you of should, ten, it's nine out of ten. I, catch it when it's free. You'll eventually yeah. be able to catch it when it's free. Catch it when it's free because a lot of people, however, I don't know how much effort they put into it, they got together, they made this thing for you to enjoy. Should you pay $9 to enjoy it? No. I didn't have to, and Noah did, which me not having to pay for it may have been a reason why I liked it a little <laughs> bit more. I don't know. Point is, see it when it's free. Don't waste your $10. I enjoy Tom Hardy. I'll ride or die for him, just like I'll ride or die for Sleepless, Den of Thieves, and Lockout. You never never completely answered my question. So you said, we talked about your go-tos for him, but you're still completely on the Hardy train. You're like, I guess, I guess there was a time when I thought, like, he's gonna all of a sudden have this, like, iconic, amazing, singular role, Oscars, etc., and I think he actively has kind of like moved against that, and mm-hmm. like made more off the wall choices to a certain extent. Even the idea of him taking on something like Venom was like a, whoa, okay, I didn't see that coming, man. All right, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm I'm down. I'll watch it eventually. You see the new trailer for the new one? No, I haven't yet. They got Woody in there as Cletus Castney. I mean, he's in the. I I saw Venom. I did see Venom. I I know. Woody Harrelson's Carnage. Yeah, no, I'm saying that just apparently there's another trailer that's dropped of like no, what it's going to be called. Okay. I don't know why they wouldn't call it Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> is that no? Maximum, maximum Carnage, Carnage is the name I thought of the you game. were making a joke about Maximum Overdrive. That'll right. be the third one. Right. Separation. They, they got to introduce him, and then, then it can be Maximum Carnage. Yeah, and then like Venom has to team up with Spider Man to take Carnage down, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then the fourth one could be Separation Anxiety. Sure. Where there's two other symbiote creatures that show up, I don't know. I remember the game. I got them. It's on, it's for sale. <laughs> What's that app? 
Mercari. There you go, people. If you want some old video games from our collection, we're trying to make that money during the, <laughs> the rough, unemployed times for yours truly. Um, okay. So, yeah, that was Capone. Did you watch any other movies? Let me look at the old recently watched list because I didn't write, if I did, I didn't write them down, which I need to do. We've talked about it recently, but my, my Hardy movie that I recommend, which I believe is streaming on something right now, is Locke. That would be the the go-to i think i think that might be his best performance top to bottom even luck yes but i also do like him in supporting mode when he can just come in and kill it and it's not necessarily not everything's on his back you know yeah that makes sense um i watched the crow city of angels that'll be the third second second that's eddie furlong right Vincent Perez. Excuse me. Edward Fuck Furlong. Out of me. Sorry. <laughs> Edward Furlong is the third crow. What's, what's the subtitle on that? Wicked Prayer, dude. Because I watched like shortly before we we had our Tig fiasco. I did watch the crow. The, I watched. Uh, was it show? It was either Showtime or Tig uh, fiasco. Or not fiasco. Our Tig f- fling F- or whatever. Tig you fest. Want to Tig fest. Yeah. Tig fest twenty twenty. Yeah. I um. It's not over yet. I know it isn't. <laughs> We've still got a whole bunch more months to do stuff with him. Um, but it, I watched the crow on Cinemax or Showtime live, and it was right at the end. So he had a whole bunch of windcot like. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, it was me that greened that that building being burned up back there. Just any consolation, friend. I'm sorry. Like top dollar. Seriously, I'm one of the most underrated villains in the history of movies. He oh, does yeah. not get enough credit. He doesn't. Have, whenever we start doing these lists, he never shows up. He's in my top ten. My personal top ten movie villains. Top dollar's definitely in there. Wincott's iconic in that shit. Yes, it's like him and Terry Silver du- duking it out. Exactly. Probably on my top ten list. Uh, okay. So you watched the first two. Mm-hmm. I recently was like, might need to, might need to give the crow a shot. So Reese, we heard as recently as what last year that Momoa is the new one. That's what I heard. How do we feel about that? Uh, I mean, how does that make you feel, God? <laughs> as a crow diehard, you have a crow tattoo, right? On I have your, an original ribcage. I have an original James O'Barr's comic book. Yes. Because of, well, my whole thing is the idea behind it, because of who James, if you look at the way that Eric Draven is drawn in the original, Mm -hmm. it's nothing like James O'Barr is not, it's, it's a complete like fanboy, like, oh man, if I could, I'd have jacked, you know, all that. And so, and if you look at the three actors who portrayed him since, they're not muscled up but they're not like schlubs they're just kind of they're almost like just kind of everyman they're just they're not stand outish as like oh look at that physique or and look at that body but they're not like oh this is just a, a, a normal whatever mm-hmm. and so i think someone of his size and physicality it could be interesting to see that, but it almost feels like it's getting into like a superhero territory. Yeah, it kind of feels like it defeats the purpose to me. Right. Which is just what's like, going to happen to that dude that he can't. I mean, what happens to Eric Draven in the first one could happen to anybody. Right. But at the same time, what's going to happen to where he can't control the situation and ends up dead? Yeah. Like that's that's what I'm wondering. And that's what I'm saying is like, of course, yeah, you can make everybody around him like these muscle bound crazy dudes, but that's that's my two main concerns is I'm like 
what works so well is the true like devil may care attitude of Brandon Lee. Yes. Once he becomes the crow of mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I'll walk directly at you while you're pumping rounds into me because I don't care. And I can't die. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the crazy confidence that comes with that. Mm-hmm. It's not the like, I'm already physically imposing and now I'm essentially immortal. Like, yeah, deal with it. I'm also concerned that, the supporting cast and all of the all of the henchmen, all the villains, ten ten dude, you fucking um. I don't know his name, we, but no, I... no, no, no. Who do we have in there? We got one of my favorites, the Warriors guy. Yeah, why can I not think of his name? Can't think of his name either. DPK, David Patrick Kelly. Yeah. excuse me. He's uh. Yeah, DB... fun boy. No, yes. no, I don't know all of their names, but it's um. All of them are so snake. Great. All of them are snake. So fun boy, ten ten, and then the I don't know the guy who's uh, the od that ods. Right, but they're all like great, unique, and menacing all in their own right. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing. Is I'm like, dude, they need they have to nail the like mm-hmm. the supporting cast, the guys he's actually taking down because in so many movies, so many revenge movies, those guys are kind of faceless or whatever. Right, and that's part of the magic of the crow beyond like just the whole aesthetic of it and the concept and the setup is like. Every character, down to Ernie Hudson, is somebody you are interested in and want to know more about. Mm-hmm. So, and everyone and I is feel like a, that's something you start to lose in the sequels. I've only seen the second one. That and, you're and everyone is increasingly it's a, it's almost like a weird. I don't know if you want to like make the parallel. It's a weird. Um, if you want to kind of compare it to his dad, it's a weird game of death. As you keep going, the people get like, it's a more and more of a challenge. I mean, obviously the, the immortality thing isn't something, but like when he first fights 10, 10, it's one-on-one. It's the two of them. Mm-hmm. He eventually, I think he makes the other dude OD, but like he's learning about himself and what he's capable of. And you eventually get to like, okay, I've, I've gotten the other guy by like the whole, you know, the, the, flame and all that the car and i gotta go after um fun boy and you get to wincott's like you know the shootout in the club deal and it's like at this point he's just double barrels all this and that running from the cops and you know it's a progression and i feel like that's the thing that's missing from revenge movies as well there's no it's like oh it's oh this this, isn't that oh you got to get your revenge and then we're here it doesn't matter who you get to they get to him it's like john wick like every time there's a, a progression of like more and more to get to the bad, the, the last yes. bad guy. So, so yeah, that's one I'm tentatively excited about. But now, when I heard Momoa, I was just like, I don't Dan, know. do you know who was slated before him that I think would have been really good? I don't know. Luke Evans. Okay. Just stature alone. Yeah. Just, yeah, I feel like that sure. would have worked. You know, yeah, tall, physically imposing, but like, you know, I feel like that he would have worked better. We know who you want. Who? Dan Stevens. Of course, dude. <laughs> Dan Stevens for everything. Dan you like Stevens. all these these movies I'm just making for you? Remember yeah. our, uh, what are we going to remake? To Live and Die in L.A. with Robert Pattinson? And, Why did we uh, not uh, say Stevens Stanley? and that, dude? No, Dan Stevens not as either. Willem Dafoe. Oh, Tell okay, me. okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I know, because I said Tom Burke, dude. No, I like my pick. Okay, well then we can, we can... Well, whatever, okay. Change we're getting, the what, out of there, we're getting way off in the weeds. Yeah. Uh, I watched something else new. What was that? I watched The Wrong Missy on Netflix. I don't know what that Didn't is. Didn't check it out. It's the latest uh, Happy Madison production. Oh, oh the, with uh, Spade. 
David I saw Spade, the I saw the more importantly with Lauren Lapp because she is the aforementioned wrong Missy. Oh, she's the reason to see the movie. She's killer. Everything else is kind of meh in it, but I maybe I have a I, in general I think I have a lower bar for comedies at home. You know, it, I'm not as not as harsh on them as I maybe would be in the theater. Yeah, and especially during quarantine, my my bar for comedies is admittedly maybe on the low end. I think she's genuinely fantastic. Like it's almost like a star making type role for people who aren't aware of her. So I highly recommend checking it out for her as well. But on that note, um, but on a little bit of a Rebel Wilson kick, uh-huh. we watched. Uh, so we watched Pitch Perfect a while ago. That came up. We watched uh, Isn't It Romantic, the romantic comedy parody she did. Yes, I remember which that. was actually really solid. That's on HBO right now. Uh, watched The Hustle with her and Hathaway. That I saw was the yeah. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels female remake. Mm-hmm. Um, again, under normal circumstances, maybe I'd be a little harsher. I thought it was perfectly charming and fun, and yeah. I chuckled a lot of times. So, in its brisk hour and a half runtime, so it is what it is. And then today we watched Bachelorette, uh, directed by Leslie Headland, who did Russian Doll on Netflix, mm-hmm. and that was an easy sell because she was like, "I want to watch a Rebel Wilson movie," and I was like, "All right." And I was like, well, Bachelorette has your probably your favorite single act- actress, which is Kirsten Dunst, as the lead. So we watched that. Pretty fun time. Again, another I, a lot of a lot of seven out of tens from me <laughs> in the comedy department. But I would recommend all of those actually. Uh, but um, yeah, Wrong Missy. I'm like, is this one that like Dad is gonna randomly watch? Because there's there's some raunch in there. Oh, there's some definitely some raunch. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he stands with comedy because he's not like I don't. He's more of like a sports and like you, severe drama person. But he threw on what? What was the most recent Sandler's uh, friggin' the Ridiculous Six? Oh no, it was no, the Switch the, one, the murder, the murder, murder mystery, mystery one. Yeah, murder mystery tour or whatever. With her and him, and he probably threw it on for Aniston though, right? That's true. That's probably. what we thought. Um, I forgot to tell you, and these just I'm looking back at stuff I don't I don't believe I mentioned and. Probably isn't relevant because I feel like we just talked about. It. I, I did go back and rewatch "Killing Them Softly," and a big one oh, I had been on my list. Yeah, you better believe. Yeah. By the way, I'm watching Kimmy Schmidt right now. I mentioned that earlier. Ray Lee, the cameos in the show incredible. Ray Liotta yeah. was on the last one hmm. as a shop owner <laughs> who has a kitten. Loved it, dude. Loved it. And Kimmy gets like addicted to pixie sticks, and there's like a moment which is almost like a Karen. Why did you do that? <laughs> but it's dude, they're the. You should check it out if you haven't seen any of it. It's te- Did you ever watch 30 Rock? Here and there. I was See, I haven't seen a single like episode of 30 Rock start to finish. But it's Tina Fey and Robert Carlock. It's like the same core team, I guess. And it's just... Dude, there's, the jokes are so fast and furious, you cannot keep up with them, seriously. Me, um, what? No, I'm, I'm thinking. The other, what, what made you go, what? Uh, did I... I'm seeing if I put it on my list to tell you of things I watched because I feel like there was there had to be one or two I missed. Okay, but kill them softly. Yeah, uh, once upon a time in Mac- in uh, the the West. I was gonna say which there's uh, there's, there's a bunch like, now. Yeah, yeah, actually, but one there's I more than there used one I I will recommend is pretty funny. Um, I watched and I didn't put it on my list, so I don't think I've told you. Maybe if I have, correct me. Did I tell you that I watched that Stuber movie with uh, Canel Nanjiani and Camille um, and. 
Bautista. Bautista. Jesus. Yeah. It was it was coming. Did you did have not seen? No, but I I haven't told you that I watched it. No, I guess I saw it on our Prime watch list. Yeah, so I checked it out. But it yeah. was. I mean, it's one of those. There's nobody in it that I'm dying to see, but more and more I'm like, fucking Dave Batista is like, He's he gets he gets so overlooked. I feel like compared to what Dwayne Johnson has done, he like. Did you ever see Bushwick with him? No. It was him and Britney Snow, and it was like, all of a sudden, Bushwick, New Jersey, or wherever they're at, is like under attack by some kind of force, and you realize, oh, it's actually this huge right-wing people who are trying to start like another civil war. Oh, shit. And he is, an, I believe, an ex-soldier whose either family is dead, or he's trying to get, I don't know what, I can't remember what was happening, but it was all one of those like... Somebody was behind his back or her back the entire time, like with a camera kind of thing. There was not like a traditional close up back and forth. It was really interesting. And I don't think anybody saw it, but he was fucking killing it in that too. Here's what I'll say. And granted, I haven't seen, I know he's done a lot in the last several years. And I honestly have not seen much from him outside of the Guardians movies and Blade Runner. And uh, Spectre. Oh, Inspector, which, which I, I that thought he tell was, you he just he I got thought underused. he was incredibly undersold in yes, that one. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was amped for him and then yeah. completely I mean, but that movie had way bigger issues just, that yeah. he had nothing to do with why exactly. that movie did not work. Anyways, um I really like him and I will agree with you that I think The Rock, as much as I still enjoy him as a persona and everything, has maybe gotten a little like a little too comfortable in his current persona. And I feel like a lot of the... I don't see him pushing himself at all. No. And he, I don't think he has been for a very long time. And that's why I don't think we'll ever get back to what I still... I mean, I brought it up multiple times. Southland Tales is the best performance he's ever given, flat out. It shows you every single... shows you everything he's capable of, which is literally... The guy could do anything if you let him. But I think he has such a carefully calculated... Like, the way that he did eventually get to box office stardom was so, like... All right make my moves like this that I don't think you'll ever see him get really risky or take a chance where he would do something where he could be could come off as goofy but not in a way that's a managed goofy if that makes sense a managed manly goofy you know yes yes and whereas Bautista I feel like doesn't give a shit will do whatever the role calls for and is actively always trying to become a better actor and do just interesting projects in general right so I think long term I don't know that he's ever going to be like the you know number one box office opener which even The Rock has faded from a bit if we're being honest the last few haven't exactly been you know the hits that he was having a few years ago so I don't know that he ever gets to that stature but I think just like in general, he could end up having a more respectable acting career long term, right. just for like the projects he chooses. So, somebody keep an eye on. I mean, do you? Because I listened to um, the Sports Wars between The Rock and Stone Cold, and on this action thing, that last action hero thing, I think somebody does mention somewhere. Someone I've listened to just mentioned like, I wish The Rock would do his own big action thing you know like have his own thing do do you i can't and i'm that made me think i don't think other than like the scorpion king and i'll give you maybe walking tall i don't think he has done a big thing that is just him like it's like a jack reacher or a mission impossible or a 
or a yeah, Die Hard. Never really franchised out from his stuff. He's, it's like I'll swoop in and I save mean, your re- franchise. They referred to him as franchise Viagra for a long time because GI Joe Retaliation numbers spiked, Fast and Furious obviously numbers spiked. So, and I get Jumanji, but that's also star studded with well, it's two all, great it's a comedians. Property as well. That and too. granted, it's a reinvention of that property, but right. at the same time, like. But again, it's 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 surrounded by like. He, it, the only way he couldn't fail is if he just showed up, said the lines, and left. But right. the fact that he does throw himself into his the productions he's in, it was going to be good. And I enjoyed. I didn't see the second one, but I enjoyed the first one. I thought it was pretty good. So I'm just I'm wondering what you could do for him to give him that. Maybe it's like already a book or already a comic book property that like is going to finally get made. But what can he care? And maybe he doesn't want. Maybe he doesn't want to try and carry it on his own because maybe there's, maybe there's been plenty of things like Shazam. I thought was supposed to be him, or like he was supposed to be Black Adam and something. And, and I think one, he's still supposed to be. Yeah, and it's know. like, I, what what are you going to give him to like sink or swim? Because I feel like if it doesn't happen soon, it's not going to happen. Because I feel like people are eventually going to be like, all right, like I think if you don't have Statham in that Hobbs and Shaw movie, you you can't carry. It. I don't think he could have carried it by himself. I get that character was good enough to like have its own story, but it has to rely. It relies half of it relies heavily on the fact that he doesn't like Jason Statham, and, and they have to be buddies. Doesn't rely ultimately doesn't rely enough on it being a buddy comedy. Exactly, it kind of abandons that exactly. in the second half of the movie, which is why I think it kind of goes off the rails. Okay, so we shit talked the Rock. Um, we praised Dave Batista. Yeah, we gave some faint praise to Tom Hardy and Capone. Uh, yeah. You want to hear a funny story? Sure, might as well. I'm not gonna. This has been a rousing episode. I don't want to ruin anything for this documentary for you, but it's in the credits. Oh my god, it's in the credits. So get Bill Duke. Bill Duke's in it a good bit, and he talks about like the regiment that they had to do on Predator. Mm -hmm. That they would get up at three, go work out and run, come back and lift, eat breakfast and go to set. He's like, I did it for a week. And then I just went straight to set. He says, you want to know how, you, you think Arnold's a big guy? You think he's really, really big? Let me tell you something. You know who Sven is? Huh? Nobody knows about Sven? Let me tell you this. Sven's Arnold's trainer. And he would come to Arnold and say, Arnold, you're weak. You don't look weak. And to prove it, Arnold would stand in front of Sven and put his arms up. And Sven would put his arms under Arnold's elbows and lift Arnold off the ground like it was nothing. That's how <laughs> that's how fucking huge you Sven just, was. You just ruined gold for me, dude. dude it's it's just you think that's good? There's ten, there's dozens of other great little bits in there. You have to watch that. I'm, I will watch it before our next episode, which is going to be, once again, it's 2x2 two two Retro Review. Right. Sorry we took a little bit of a break. Hopefully this gives you time to catch up because I realized I made a boo-boo and the Long Good Friday is not readily available for streaming. There is an amazing uh, new Blu-ray. It, it used to be a Criterion DVD. They never upgraded it, but Arrow, um, like I got Cruising, the Freakin' movie recently right. through Arrow Distribution. Okay. They do some cool stuff. Um, but yeah, there's a, uh, it's like a $17 Blu-ray, tons of special features if, if you want to pick it up in the intervening week. But yeah, we're doing that, and let's not forget about the big hit. Oh, God, how can we? Which I watched a few nights ago, and I cannot wait to chat about. Almost kind of want to do it right now, but we will we'll save it. Then you can finish what you started. <laughs> Dude. Oh, man. That's going to be a good one, guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So What I'm going to promise you that I'm going to do 
is I'm going to bring a complete pitch for a sequel and okay. who should be who should reprise their roles and who should we should swap out. Right now I don't really think there's any any swapping out needs to be done. Maybe was it Antonio Sabato Jr. maybe? I don't know. We will talk about this in the episode. Whose dick did he suck to get on the poster? Seriously. Exactly. What the how does he even ha- is he t- is he third billing? If he he's is. above Bokeem, that is some bullshit. He is, dude. He is, dude. Let me look at this I'm poster telling right you, now. At this point in time, Marky Mark has only done fear. Bokeem Nights is the year before. He's on fucking Apex but Mountain. Right do you now. no? Do you you seriously think this movie was made in the intervening? You don't think he made this before Bokeem Nights? You think the set? Would, he would have been like literally going he would have left boogie nights and started this exactly movie. i'm telling you he doesn't this this movie it's a dumb and dumber mask situation where like they want carrie for dumb and dumber or ace ventura or whatever it is but this other big movie is going to come out and you better get him to say yes before then because afterwards everybody's going to want him i feel like that's the situation with the big hit we'll have to do some research to figure it out but no, i no 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 they got it right they got it right mark Wahlberg. Lou Diamond Phillips, yes. Christina Applegate, yes. Yeah. We're at the tail end of the '90s, people. You got. I mean, you got. And get and now she'd be top billed again. Fucking dead to me. Has been number one on Netflix yeah. for yeah. Then Bokeem, then Antonio Spato Jr. But I still don't understand why. How did he get billing up with those guys? And why is he on the poster? He's in this movie for three minutes. Yes, three fucking minutes. And I don't know why in my head I thought he was like a bigger bigger part of it but he's totally not maybe he was like a bigger he maybe he's he the had solid, a really good agent That's that and maybe he's the solid action guy coming into this think about it think about just think about the 90s and what action movies marky mark would have been in or lou diamond phillips for that matter what what action movies they would have done okay seriously if we keep talking about it we're gonna go off but there will be a lot of ldp talk i will tell you that much good cisco is a sight to behold, yes. especially nowadays going back to it. Yeah, what that's if, what I'm excited about. Just talking about him now versus then. Like where you how can you can you even do some of the stuff I wish with him. Could, I wish we could show people text threads. Like oh my God. in the midst of the podcast. Yes. But I love that I texted you, dude, we gotta do a solid twenty minutes on LDP and you're like, LDP and I was like, Lou Diamond Phillips, you know. Richie! And I sent you the yes. gift from La Bamba. To yeah. be fair, LDP in my world is life and disability products for like oh, okay. insurance. So I'm like, fair LDP? Enough. What is he talking about? And I'm like, the last dance? No. Is it last dance? Pete? What? That's why I was like, LDP, huh? And then, then I was like, oh, of course. But again, I had already like sent you something that had like an abbreviation. So or I had already sent you you know, the long good Friday all broken yeah, down. Nobody, so nobody we started going with that. And I just, that, yeah. but that was genuinely, I, I laughed. Did you real quick? Did you do the Halloween thing? No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't I fucking miss it. Mom I hasn't asked see, me, but I, I did. I assume you can go and still look at the thread sure. and everything, but um, I don't see why not. Yeah. I think in the midst of that is when Jamie Lee Curtis is actually the one who announced that Fred Willard had passed. I think so. Yeah. They just heard, cause of course she's married to Christopher Guest, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's probably a fun house to quarantine in right now. I may. Definitely a whole lot of laughs. I would hope so. Um, okay. I think we did it. We talked. Yeah. Capone was really the only. That's why we got together. 
we mainly got together so I could give you the DVD of the Long Good Friday. Yeah, that's and we figured why not record an episode while you're here. I mean, you know, I mean, I've made Charleston yeah, trips again, for I less. Apologize. But, you know. I apologize. I I thought it was streaming easy for you guys. It's not on YouTube either. If you got some illicit means, I mean, go for it. It. I mean, Gavin hasn't watched it yet, so I don't want to say too much, but. It's worth, but I would I would rebuy this movie for like thirty five dollars or more. So you're telling it, like it is worth a trip down here to pick it up. I believe so. Okay, and if you fuck up this DVD, which is impossible, if you go on Amazon, <laughs> DVDs of this thing are going for like one hundred and fifty dollars. Do not fuck up my copy and, and don't sell do, it. And also, <laughs> do not sell, sell it. it on whatever that app is. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, I won't so, sell it, I promise. Until next time, we'll be back with a 2x2 two two retro review featuring The Long Good Friday and The Big Hit. Uh, I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and stay tuned. And I have only ever messed up one DVD of yours, and it was Bellflower, and I'm sorry. Only one of like the ten most important movies to me in my lifetime, Well, <laughs> for the you, record. If you are correct in what you told me a while ago, we should be getting the next one very very soon we got an update recently and i also got contacted on the patreon to make sure that they had my mailing address because since they're getting back in the swing of things they're apparently just they're sending some shit out to all of their patrons so we'll have some kind of exclusive cool thing coming our way soon that works um but yeah and it do you better believe dude the second chuck hank is available for us to watch or I can send you a link, or however we have to do it, we will be doing a review, like, immediately. Like, seriously? Whenever we'll it's available, watch it together. you need to let me come down here and watch it with you. Yeah. I don't care if we do a review right then or not. doesn't matter. We cannot watch this separately. We cannot watch it at different times. It has to be a shared experience, which I will capture some of. Not the screen, just us, <laughs> on the glasses. And I may film our reactions just cause, because... I've been waiting for this longer than I've been waiting for Jesus to come back, okay? That's how serious it is. Okay. <laughs> and with that, uh, seriously, <laughs> let's get the fuck out of All here. All right. Uh, uh, until next time, bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.